Welcome to The Sunday Soother, a podcast, newsletter, and community about authentic living and compassionate personal development. I'm your host, Katherine Andrews, a life coach, online teacher, and writer focused on self-reflection, mindfulness, and how to create meaning in our everyday lives in practical ways. Join me weekly for conversations about personal growth, spirituality, self-discovery, and self-care, and how we can navigate this messy world with hope and humanity. Hey, everybody, it's Catherine, and welcome back to the Sunday Soother podcast. Today, we are diving in on one topic that I know really is important to the bulk of my audience, and that is the topic of self-sabotage. And I'm going to come at self-sabotage from a little bit of a different angle today and help you understand a few different things about it. Um, I think the way that we talk about self-sabotage in society is not at all useful and not at all true. And I want to give you some better understandings and some better tactics for what's understanding what's really going on and how you can, if you are somebody who feels that they self-sabotage more than they would like, um, how you can reduce the amount of self-sabotage in your life. So let's even just start by defining what self-sabotage is. For me, when I'm talking about self-sabotage, I'm talking of an example of when you have set, you have a desire or a goal that you would like to um, achieve or do and you can't seem to get yourself to take steps towards it. Um, So let's, you know, and the desire or goal could be anything. It could be anything from dating and getting into a healthy relationship to buying your first home, to starting a business, to having better self-care, to uh, doing a regular creative practice, anything like that. Like whatever is on your heart as a desire or goal that you've, something you're thinking about, but you feel really stuck around or you haven't been able to commit to regularly, um, that's when you're self-sabotaging. So you, you set the desire, you name the desire and the goal, you say you want to take steps towards it, and you find yourself unable to do it or purposefully or sometimes unconsciously kind of mucking up and getting in the way of those concrete steps towards the desire or goal. So that's kind of what I see self-sabotage is. It's the act of not doing the, the, the desire, not taking the steps towards the desire or goal that you have stated that you want. And I think that self-sabotage can come to us on a few, on a couple of levels. There can be a conscious aware self-sabotage. And I think a lot of times there's an unconscious, subconscious, unaware self-sabotage too. Conscious or aware self-sabotage is you say something like, okay, I want to journal three times a week. Um, And every time you reach for the journal or every time your alarm goes off in the morning just a little bit early so you can fit in that journaling, you hit snooze or you end up scrolling on Instagram or you stare at the page for 30 seconds, but then you walk away from it, right? And go watch Netflix instead or something like that. And you you know what you're doing, but you're kind of watching yourself do it and you cannot seem to stop yourself from doing it. And then there's subconscious self-sabotage. Um, I see this more in stuff like dating or bigger goals like starting a business. Um, you know, somebody who says that they want to be in a in a happy, healthy, steady, romantic relationship meet somebody who could fulfill that criteria, but then they break up with them or they start dating somebody else or they pick a fight with that person. Um, That's kind of how I see subconscious self-sabotage play out. Or if it's a different goal, all of a sudden, tons of other things are taking precedence. You just can't find the time to do it. Like 
you're not really aware that you're self-sabotaging, but it's happening anyways. You just think it's kind of all of these other things (laughs) that are happening that are kind of out of your control. So that's how I kind of see what self-sabotage is. Um, And so why is self-sabotage so common, so frequent? And especially like, why is it so common and frequent for highly sensitive people? Um, It's not because you're lazy. It's not because you lack willpower. It's it's not any of those reasons. There's nothing broken or wrong or bad about you. Um, But oftentimes I see a misalignment in people's goals towards what they can actually handle and do. Um, I was really able to like articulate this a lot when I was listening to this podcast called um, Holistic Life Navigation by Luis Mojica. And he is a somatic healer and a nutritionist and his podcast is amazing. I highly recommend it. But he did a podcast recently on self-sabotage and capacity where he, the way he phrased it was just so good. He's like, he said something like the mind is infinite, and the body is finite. And so the mind can think of a million and one things that we should be doing or that the mind desires or the ego, whatever you want to call it, the ego or the mind, basically that voice inside of our heads, right? So the mind may say, "Ugh, we should definitely be journaling every day. We really need to like do this for self-improvement and self-care. And, or the mind could say any number of things. It's, it should be like, we should be cooking daily and we should go to the gym and we should be doing this and we should be meditating every day, right? Because the mind, it's like he says, it's infinite. It can think of a million things that it could be doing. However, the body and the nervous system are finite. They're limited, right? We have only a certain amount of capacity to do things that the mind tells us we should do. And sometimes we have no capacity to do the things that the mind tells us that we should be doing. So the tension and self-sabotage can be highlighted in this misalignment between the infinite mind saying we should do a bunch of different things and the finite body or nervous system being like, we do not have the capacity to do those variety of things. And then sometimes the mind tells us we should be fine to do these things. Like we should be fine to date. This should be easy for us. But past traumas and woundings and hurts are living in the body and the nervous system. And when the mind says something like, we should just go on tons of dates. This should be fine. We should be dating again. The body and the nervous system will remember that those wounds have not necessarily been healed or they're still very present and potent. And it will say, nah, no, that's not going to happen, right? So he did a beautiful exercise where he asks the listeners, and you can do this here too, bring to mind a desire that you have, right? Maybe it's dating, maybe it's a self-care habit that you'd like to adapt. Maybe it's starting a business or a creative practice. So whatever it is, just kind of think about it. And then check in with your body. What is happening in your body as you're thinking of this desire? Is there an expansive, light, kind of fizzy, warm, glowing feeling as you think about that desire? Or is there a contracted, tight shutting down that's happening in your body or a sinking sensation? If it's the former, kind of expansive and light and dreamy, your nervous system and your body are giving you a go, right? They're on board with this desire, at least right now in this moment. But if you have a contracted, tight, shrinking or sinking sensation, 
your body is not there on board with your mind. It's not really ready to do the thing. And when your body and your nervous system are not on board with whatever your mind is telling you that you should be doing, that's when self-sabotage occurs. That's the body's way of protecting you and protecting itself because it certainly, it just, it simply doesn't have the capacity to do the thing. And so what do I mean when I talk about capacity? Well, when I coach and teach, a lot of the times I refer to what I call the container of a client. Um, This is not scientific, but to me, the container is basically the amount of space our body and our nervous system have to hold and receive and process any given thing. And your container can either be very fragile or very sturdy or somewhere in between. And your container can either be way too full or kind of just like just the right amount of full, like a Goldilocks full, right? And too often I see my clients are coming in with a very fragile container that's way too full. And so when you have a very fragile container, you know that your container, aka your nervous system and body and your your energetic space are fragile when you feel really frazzled, easily burnt out, tipping over into kind of a despair mode thinking. Um, Really just like you can't say no to anything, like you're rushing around all the time, like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, right? You're, You're emotionally overreactive to things too. You know, you kind of know that your reactions are outsized to the thing that's actually happening. So that's gonna be like what the fragility looks like. You just you just could break at any second, right? And then when it's over full, it's just like you're running around trying to do everything. Like you can't keep straight all the things that you have committed to, that you've overcommitted to, that are on your plate, right? Um, and a lot of us right now, because of the pandemic and just a lot of stuff, the way that our society built, like we have a very overfull container. And we may also have an overfull container when we haven't processed past woundings and traumas as well, because those will still be living in our container. Um, And so say you had a really toxic work environment five years ago, and you've moved on and gotten a new and better job, but the memories and the pain and the wounding from that toxic work experience, they still live in your cells and your body. And you've kind of tried to shove them down and not process them. They're still taking up space in your container. So, when you're having a container that's steadier and grounded and, you know, Goldilocks full, but not too full, so it can still process experiences, that's when you're going to experience less self-sabotage because you're going to have more capacity in that container. The walls are going to be steadier, more rooted, and there's going to be space for new things and experiences to come in and be processed as well. So that's kind of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about capacity. Um, So how do we increase our capacity so that we can self-sabotage less and go after the goals and desires that are important to us that we haven't seemed to be able to bring in and hold on to and and take steps forward? Well, what I really need you to think is not sexy. I'll just say that. (laughs) I don't have a sexy hack, okay? Because this is like a thing that takes time and, and patience and process, especially for highly sensitive people. We already naturally have a kind of delicate container. <laughs> so, and we have a lot of um, woundings in our past because of our delicate nervous systems and, you know, 
that we may have been shamed for our sensitivities in the past too, and maybe haven't processed some of them. So what we really need to be understanding is that when we're having like a fragile and overfull container, it's, um, and then we're trying to go after all of these goals. We also have to remember that a lot of us have, um, pretty damaged self-trust for a lot of things, for a lot of good reasons. Highly sensitive people have often, I would say like our self-trust was often damaged from a pretty early age. We were highly intuitive, highly sensitive, highly tuned into energy. We could like perceive and notice a lot of things that were going on um, as children. And we were often gaslit about those things not happening. And so that's where like a lack of self-trust can really start at a very young age. And when you have kind of like a lack of self-trust that starts at a very young age, a lot of the time it can really have a snowball effect. And so you're like second guessing and self-doubting yourself basically for the rest of your life. So a lot of us are coming to the table with a pretty, pretty damaged self-trust. So we're coming to the table with a fragile container. Sometimes it's over full and our self-trust has been damaged. And when our self-trust has been damaged to add another, <laughs> throw another metaphor into the mix here. It's like, so say your self-trust has been pretty damaged um, and you have decided as an example, you want to, you know, do the artist's way book, which is a desire. A lot of my clients have done that book. I've done that book. I know it's like, it's the OG, right? But you, it's like 12 weeks with a lot of work, right? If you've, if you flipped through the book, there's like a lot of elements to it. So you're coming to the table with pretty damaged self-trust and you have set this pretty big goal. The example I like to use there is that you're coming into a gym with a recently broken elbow and you're declaring, I'm going to lift the 50 pound weight. (laughs) And what happens if you try to lift a 50 pound weight on a recently broken elbow? you're not going to be able to, and you're probably going to damage yourself further. Actually, probably you might even re-break the elbow. And so this is why you need to, for capacity reasons, for the container reasons, for the self-trust reasons, in this metaphor, you need to go to the gym and lift the one pound weight for a long time until you know without a doubt that you could then lift the three pound weight. And then you have to lift the three pound weight for a long time. And then after that, maybe you can do the five or the 10 pound weight, right? And then you're processing and you're building up strength until you get to that 50 pound weight. Um, And so what does this look like outside of the world of Catherine's metaphors, right? Because I've kind of talked about a lot of metaphors today. I hope it's not too, I love to use metaphors in my coaching and teaching because I think it helps people understand concepts that are that are kind of difficult to pin down, but sometimes I can go overboard on them. So hopefully everything is still clear here. Anyways, so what does this look like in the realm of goal setting? So first, you have to be able to gauge in your body your capacity for doing a particular goal. And if you're self-sabotaging, your nervous system and your body do not have the capacity to do whatever the goal is that you've set out. And you need to probably reduce it by about 75 to 80 and sometimes like 90%. So an example that I use is I have a lot of clients who I'm not a nutrition coach, I'm not a health coach, but eating more healthily and reducing stuff like caffeine and alcohol is a big priority um, for a lot of my clients because they understand intuitively that like what they put into their systems, like 
you know, highly sensitive people are super stimulated by caffeine. We can be super depressed by alcohol. Um, some of us have issues with gluten or other stuff, right? And so we understand that like the nourishment of our food can be really important as like a baseline thing for, for uh, the rest of our lives and, and how we're feeling generally. Um, but a lot of times I'll have clients who come in and they're like, I am going to um, cook every single meal every day forever. And I'm also going to make a green smoothie every morning and I'm going to quit caffeine. And then like two days in, they're, they're just not happening, <laughs> right? And so what would happen there is they've 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 tried to lift the 50-pound weight on the recently broken elbow. And so what we're going to have to do is tune around, like play around with a dial on that goal until we get to something that can be sustainable for them. So say that you had like, you wanted to prepare your meals or whatever. It may be for you that you, your goal is actually prepare one meal a week. And that's what you have capacity in your container for. And your mind is going to fight you on that. It's going to fight you hard. Because remember, the mind is infinite. And the mind should say, you should be able to cook every single meal every single week from now until the rest of time. And you're a lazy loser if you can't do it otherwise. But if you're self-sabotaging, the truth is that your limited animal body does not have the capacity to cook every single meal. And so what I recommend is that you start cooking one meal a week and you do that for a month. And say it felt pretty easy. You're like, I can I can do this. Like I did not self-sabotage. I met that goal. I cooked one meal a week. The next month, I would have you cook two meals a week. And then the next month, three meals a week. And then let's say you got you all the way up to cooking five meals a week but you started self-sabotaging at that point, then we would know that we hit the capacity limit for where your nervous system currently was. And it was time to dial the goal back down until you built the strength to then increase it again. So let me see if I can think of another example. Um, So say you wanted to start a creative practice. You wanted to start a newsletter and you told yourself it had to go out weekly. And sometimes we can hack our way into this too, right? Like sometimes you can, you just like grit your mind way through it and like put the newsletter out weekly. And then you have, then you know, you, you have had the capacity somewhere in you, you found the reserves to do that. But a lot of times what I'm saying is we have to build up to these things because our capacity and our containers are not yet strong enough. And we want to increase their their resiliency and their strength and how much they can hold before we go into a larger goal. So say you wanted to start a newsletter. I would start at once a month, right? Can you write one newsletter a month? And if you were able to do that and you did that for like three months in a row, then if you wanted to go bi-weekly and you genuinely felt that your nervous system was a yes to that, then you could go bi-weekly and do that for another two to three months, right? And then if you wanted to make it a weekly thing, then you could check. Or maybe your nervous system is like a real yes at bi-weekly and that's where you decide to stay because that's your capacity level, right? So let me see if I can think of one more example. Let's say something like, um, like a movement practice, like you wanted to do more yoga, um, and you, you hadn't moved for a long time and there was something about it that 
you told yourself you should be able to do yoga every day. You should be able to do yoga. You should be able to do 30 minutes of yoga a day. You have the time. Why aren't you doing this? I would start with five minutes of yoga three times a week and do that for a few weeks. And then again, you can see that there's a pattern here. Check in the next month. Could you increase that to five minutes of yoga five times a day or not five times a day, five times a week? Um, Or could you increase it to like 10 minutes of yoga three times a week? Is your nervous system a yes to that? And then say you got all the way up to, say you did get all the way up to doing yoga for 30 minutes a day, but then you started self-sabotaging and skipping yoga sessions. Then you would know you had gone past your capacity and it was time to dial it back down. So I hope this is making sense. In sum, (laughs) we have a limited capacity in our bodies. We just do. And our capacity for each and everything is going to be incredibly individual. There are some people who are going to be like, boom, I can go out there, do 30 minutes of yoga, no problem, every day for the rest of my life. And for some of us, especially highly sensitive people who are coming to the table with a lot of damaged self-trust, we cannot do that. And if we set a goal like that, that is past the capacity of our bodies and our nervous system's ability to meet that goal, then we will begin to self-sabotage and we will further damage our own self-trust. We will become the people who are damaging our own self-trust. Self-trust is gained in incredibly small measures. Again, I said it's not sexy. It's super boring. Is it fun to do five minutes of yoga three times a week when in your head, your mind is telling you you should be doing, you know, 100 chaturangas a day or whatever? No, but like this is how it's built. You are building strength. You are repairing your self-trust muscle. You are increasing your capacity of your container. And it has to be done little by little. I often use like comparisons to physical, you know, stuff in my coaching because I think emotional and like, you know, self-help concepts can be really grounded when we talk about it from a physical capacity. So you wouldn't just like sit down and be like, I can run a marathon tomorrow if you've never run. I've run a few marathons and I trained for like six months for marathons, right? And I had to build it up or I would have injured myself. And that's what I need you guys to really understand here. I need you to start much smaller than most of you have been starting around your goals. Your mind is going to tell you it's too little, but I would way rather you set a very small goal that you can reliably do repeatedly for about a month and then scale up then just crash and burn every single month trying to do a goal that's well beyond your capacity. So one of the best ways, so say you're listening to this, you're like, this is great. I don't really know where to start. One of the best things you can do for building your, for strengthening your container and building your self-trust muscle is to pick something that that would take you less than three minutes a day and do it for a month and do only that thing. So let's say it's like three minutes of meditation, or it's drinking a glass of water, or it's three minutes of conscious breathing, do only that for a month, set all the other goals down, right? And you get there and you've done this thing for a month that you did daily. That's so great. And your then your capacity and your, your self-trust muscle will have been slightly strengthened. And then you can check in with your body and your nervous system the next month. What could I do? Maybe it's slightly larger. Maybe it's something that would take you 10 minutes a day um, or something that's just, just beyond the edge of the capacity that you had in the last month. And you commit to that for another 30 days. And then the next month, another 30 days is something slightly expanded. 
And by the end of those three months, I promise you, your self-trust muscle will be strengthened. Will it be, will you be like freaking Superman, like able to lift anything in terms of self-trust? Probably not. Because this is a process that we're really like tending an old wound that we've been working with here. And it's going to take some time to recover. So slow and steady is the way. I wish I could give you guys the immediate like checklist for not self-sabotage, you know, in 24 hours and tell you how to set all of like the goals of your dreams. But it does take the slow and steady process. And I promise you, you are building a foundation for your goals when you're going about it this way, rather than showing up at the gym with a broken elbow, trying to lift 50 pounds and doing that over and over again. It's like, no wonder your elbow stays broken, right? That's not good. That's not healthy. So that's my take on self-sabotage for today. I hope this was useful. If you found it useful, screenshot, tag me on Instagram. Please consider leaving a review. I had my birthday in January. So if you wanted to give me a easy peasy birthday gift, you could give me a five-star review on iTunes because it really helps. It does help. Like it genuinely helps. It's not just something people say at the end of podcasts. Like it helps the people who produce these podcasts to get into like a wider net of people, which would be wonderful because I think more people need to understand that they're not broken, that they're not bad at goals. They're not lazy. It's just, they don't really understand this interplay of capacity and the container and self-trust and how to begin increasing, um, increasing your capacity so that you can do the things that you want in a life. Anyways, hope this was useful. I'd love to hear from you. You can DM me on Instagram and have a beautiful week ahead. That's it for this week's Sunday Soother. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a moment, go on over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. That's how other people find this podcast and the message of hope and compassionate personal growth. I'm hoping to spread to many more people just like you. You can find me on Instagram at Katherine Andrews and find out more about The Sunday Soother at thesundaysoother.com. You can also check out my services, courses, and coaching at katherinedandrews.com. Have a great day ahead.